shall we begin with uh, paying our respects to the Triple Jam? for a couple of years and uh, it bothers me a bit because <laughs> 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 I just feel that this is a place that uh, means a lot and uh, is a lot about people who support Sangha, support me and long-term friends. Yeah, so uh, I'll try and... But I've been rather busy, but we have during the rains we're not allowed to spend more than uh, six nights away, so I thought, well, I'll try and find at least six nights when I can come up and uh, spend some time with you, whoever wants to be here in this session. Uh, yeah. And uh, as you've probably uh, been outlined, it's really slightly different 
um, session this time round. Mm. I, mean, uh, I guess most of you have done quite a few uh, retreats, meditation retreats, noble silence, walks it, walks it, walks it, and so on. <laughs> and all that, that does to you, which is all quite wonderful exploration. And uh, this time I thought I would try just do something slightly different, which is introduce more um, more uh, study and uh, you know trying to find a way to just in introduce that without it becoming kind of uh, too academic uh, and or too something where you're not really um, you know getting the time to to look into what these are pointing to. So so. We'll have so I've created a, a, a timetable, a schedule, which we don't have to keep, <laughs> but uh, it seems a good place to start. Where we can have some time to uh, to look at these uh, key key theme here. Of course, is mindfulness, which is something that you must have heard a thousand times. Um, but the rec recognition that uh, mindfulness always has friends and relatives with it. It doesn't appear on its own in the suttas. So this gives us a, a good way of, of understanding how we, how we, what mindfulness is for a start in a more full, fully fleshed out uh, experience. Um, and also, uh, you know, what other factors we need to, to arouse in ourselves or look for to really make, make the, the meditation which is the, uh, not just meditation, but just general reflective life, you know, as we live it, uh, how we're able to, to bring these tools to bear upon our experience, a direct experience. Mm. And uh, one of the slightly amusing things is that somebody showed me a newspaper article from a little couple of years ago when it was saying that Somebody had written this article about mindfulness, which they said this new system of therapy that was invented in America about 25 years ago. Because <laughs> 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 it, it became a, a tool for various cognitive um, behaviorist uh, uh, applications, uh, cognitive attention, you know, which had a good, good effect. But in that it became slightly divorced from um, what we might call a spiritual path into something that's more like a psychological remedy tool for, for addressing attention disorders and uh, m you know pr uh, mood problems such as depression or anxiety just by bringing your mind to bear on something, you know, so you're not just getting swept away by your moods and all that, which of course is great to hear. Um, but then, you know, some of the, the uh, other aspects, what, what we understand mindfulness is about, what brings it up, how it can enrich our lives, get, get left out through that, uh, through that analysis. Um, and then we come up against sometimes the, 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 there's a blurring of what even mindfulness means. Sometimes people think mindfulness means attention. Well, it doesn't quite mean attention. Attention is just the ability to to focus on an object. Well, yeah, but there's another word for that, which is called attention. <laughs> so mindfulness is not really attention. 
Uh, it's not about, uh, there's a, a word for awareness, which means your ability to assess and check things out and sensitize to things. And get, that's, that's not mindfulness. It goes along with it, but that's not quite mindfulness. Um, um, and then people sometimes come up against these uh, age-old chestnuts. Can you mindfully rob a bank? Can you mindfully strangle somebody? You know, if you're paying <laughs> attention, you feel the textures of their throat in your hands and the screaming, and you're mindfully noting it and so forth. Um, well, uh, I think not. <laughs> or at least if so, then this would be called wrong mindfulness. There's such a thing as uh, mitya sati as well as samasati. So, so this wouldn't. So, the, there are various skillful um, attributes that need to be brought up in, in terms of our samasati, right mindfulness. So, just to look at some of these things, yeah. Mm. So this is B, uh, and I've prepared some sheets so you can. There'll be time for you to be able to s- look at some of these, look into these um, sutta extracts. And you know, read them and let the words sink in. See what uh, what they bring up. So there's a whole there's a whole one which is just on various sutta sutta passages on that describe what mindfulness is in in, in terms of the of the way the Buddha used the term. And then there is another series which is about um, all the all the f- like all the friends and relatives of mindfulness that come along with it. So you have a chance to read those slowly, look at those slowly, and whether we'll go through all of it, I don't know. But at least it's there for you to make use of. Hmm? Hmm. Term mindfulness sati is uh, almost universally. Uh, uh, you are universally um, approved of as a as a good workable translation of the word sati, but you always got to bear in mind that what we're when uh, the Buddha translated a direct experience into a word. That's the first translation. You know, we, we direct we have a direct experience which is non-conceptual. You know, the mind fundamentally. The, the fundamental quality of mind, it's affective and it has impulses. We're affected by something, there's certain responses. That's that bit, that's what we really mean by mind. And it has got a kind of like a cognitive outreach, like a thinking bit that sort of wells up out of it. But the thinking bit is not the most important bit. The most important bit is this sense of being affected and uh, responding and also establishing certain general felt meanings or perceptions it feels like this safe warm friendly unfriendly and then the cognitive bit just starts to ink in all the details sometimes it gets it wrong mm. but the fundamental quality of mind is the ability to be effective to be affected to be touched it's like you say heart to be touched be, be receive an impression be moved and has some kind of response comes up you know, movement of the that, that which moves is the mind. Mm. Um, so, when the Buddha, you know, in his own realization, is experiencing something, and then looking around at, well, how do you, what words do you tack on to this? 
and build it up. And remarkably, at that time, this is 5th century BC India, it was happening in Britain, 5th century BC in India, but, but they weren't being that mindful. Or <laughs> 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 uh, well maybe they were. But they weren't, they weren't thinking about it, they weren't talk, using those terms. Um, suddenly it transforms the whole kind of religious, spiritual frame of reference from cosmology, you know, Brahma gods, Indra, this, that and the other, into psychology. You know, amazing, amazing kind of profound revolution to, to shift the whole of this kind of world, cosmos, into an internalized, internalizable experience that each of us has responsibility for. This is fantastic, you know, <laughs> that you could do that. You know, this is just this alone is a genius. I'm saying, well, now you've got it here, you, you know, you can, you can have this. Um, and then using the words of that age um, to try to create a teaching structure. Which first he had doubt whether he could even do it, whether anybody interested whether he could do it, but it seems that he, his aspiration reached up and he thought, well, I can give it a try. And so he established, started to establish the teaching. Mm. And it translates into the terminology of the day. And the first, so what we have here is this word sati, which is connected to the old Sanskrit root smriti, which means something like the ability to remember. To remember, you know. Or really, to that, that, that which is, you know, that the mind has this capacity to not just things don't just flicker through, it can also retain and stay with something. You know, something that happened five years ago, it's got an ability to log that and then bring that up and hold it, stay there. This is, you know, and this is this propensity that we all have. So sati is a universal characteristic, it's a universal quality, we all have this capacity. And it's, he realized that by using this, you know, this innate human quality, our ability to, to remember, to recollect, to bear something in mind, to stay with something. There's the possibility of using this on the experience we're having in order to both stabilize our attention, so it's not just running every way, every which way, stay with it, stay with it, so you've got a calming effect, you know, a calming effect, uh, a strengthening effect, your mind gets powerful because it's ability to, to really stay with something and hold it. And also you have a wisdom effect, which means through staying with something long enough, you really got give yourself the chance to deeply understand it. So without mindfulness, your mind is just skimming across the surface of experience, like a dragonfly across a pond. This gives you a chance to hold something long enough, deeply enough, in order to really understand. You're saying with this, you know, innately, through bringing this to bear upon our experience, our ordinary human experience, you can travel through the entire what was called the cosmos. Yeah, and cosmos, in the Buddhist sense, is really another word for our psychology. Yeah, all the most elated, exhilarated states, deepest, you know, darkest states, 
ordinary banal states and you will understand you will understand a way through that world to the end of it to release from it through this tremendous capacity we all have he says it's innate yeah. it's called an indriya one of the fundamental um, definitions of sati and indriya indriya uh, the term roughly translated as a faculty it's applied to the eye the ear the nose the tongue body you have a an eye chakundriya which means our eye faculty our ear faculty and nose faculty so we also have what are called spiritual faculties and they are uh, faith confidence uh, energy ability to apply ourselves sati the ability to bear something in mind samadhi the ability to deepen really deepen calm and deepen and Banya, the ability to discern and assess. So these are indriya, just like the nose on your face. Yeah. So it's the same category. And uh, there's a um, dukindriya, sukindriya, pleasure, pain. These are indriyas. So it's it's as here and present as ordinary and innate as your ability to feel pleasure, pain, have an eye, have a nose, taste things. You know, it's that built in. But these are the ones that we often don't really develop. They're innate, but they need to be developed in hearts. Because we're often just going out onto the visual indriyas and the the taste indriyas and the sorrow and joy indriyas, you know. These these become dominant. Indriya means a leader, like Indra, king of the gods, the leader. So we're often led through pleasure, pain. And the Buddha's saying, well, now you have these other um, faculties. Why don't you be led by them, led by mindfulness instead of led by pleasure, pain, you know, and led by sight, sound, touch. So you're applying, gearing those to your to your experience. And um, when he is the you know the rather poetic um, description that occurs right at the beginning of the Buddha's teaching career. Yes, to, to the, the language is, is rather beautiful, um, you know, kind of poetically framed. So interestingly, when he, his realization occurs through touching the earth, it's an earth experience when the earth mother arises, he touches that and that gives him the ground. It's like an earth toucher. Having realized, then the, the sky god descends yeah, so the father, the sky god, then descends. Is Brahma Sahampati? So it's really interesting. You look at the balance between the the earth, which is presence, and then the sky, which is vision, aspiration, and it descends and it comes into him and says, "You know, uh, what does it say? It says there are these five faculties which merge in the deathless, <laughs> which is faith, energy, mindfulness, concentration, wisdom." And he said, there are those with a little dust in their eyes who will be able to use this. Yeah, it's this tremendous Brahma Sahampati experience of some, you know, visionary revelation coming down. Yeah. So, he, so he takes this. This is the first thing he, he, you might say, the first thing that triggers his sense of ability to transmit this to others. Through these, first we didn't think it was possible. Then this quality, this vision, 
this sense, this aspiration arises, and he picks it up. Okay, let's get going. Um, Because of these indriyas, these these faculties, which are as evident as seeing, touching, tasting, is because we all have these. They will merge, they unite, they lead to the deathless. So rather mysterious, but you know, encouraging. So this is the first uh, scenario in which this word is used in in the presentation of the teachings. Bear in mind mm, to stay with something. And what we stay with, we stay with the qualities of the indriyas themselves, the fact that we all have this capacity. Uh, There is something in us that says, uh, you know, um, yeah, you know, today is worth living. (laughs) There's something good here for me. I can make a good end. I can, you know, achieve something useful. There's purpose. If we didn't have that experience, then you know, life would indeed be deeply, deeply depressing. But something that says, yeah, there's a possibility. I could learn, I could clarify, I could straighten, I could help, I could serve, I could, you know, something rises up. This is faith. And it rises up uh, specifically in this um, Buddha Dharma. There's something in here that energizes me, you know, this awakening, truth, wisdom, compassion, purity, these are things that energize me, faith. And then because of that we get the energy, the virya, the application, something to, you know, put myself into something. And it's not a a driven willpower thing, it arises because of this faith. We get a sense, something useful, let's get on with it, let's do it. So I, 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 you know, like to assume, but I suppose that's that's what brings us all here. We have a certain quality of uh, faith and willingness and energy, and uh, feel we can bear the right things in mind, stay with it. We only have a few days. But uh, hopefully in these two days we can dig up some treasures um, taken with us and bear them in mind for future use. <coughs> so as you're all settling in tonight, and uh, uh, the first thing, of course, to, to bear in mind, to be mindful of, is that we are, we are in this shared uh, group situation with all the requirements for structuring that happens when human beings share a space and time together. Mm. So we're just being mindful of that. How can this be supportive? How can we use our time to to, uh, blend, to harmonize, to live in a cooperative way? And something comes up that's very strengthening when you have a group of 40, 50 people intentions inclining in this skillful way you know we get a sense of it's not just a a thought in my mind this is a shared 
aspiration that everybody's putting some energy in and how can we uh, tune into that Um, so often on retreats you have the group form you also have the the silence which helps us to put aside some of our um, circumstances personal circumstances at least not to be creating interference patterns whereby you know my stuff your stuff is all spilling out um you know that we have the chance to you know look at the teachings um so in this situation um there'll be times for um engagement for in, for i'll be um going through some of these um sutta extracts talking about the the mi- mindfulness and its attributes friends and relatives and there'll be encouragement for you to question to contribute to engage with that mm. so we have this, you know an hour or so in the morning hour or so in the afternoon you can kind of you know ask so you get it clear think you think things through you, things you want to bring up in this in this around this topic mm. of course if nobody wants to say anything we can just sit here in silence and be mindful in the time honored way <laughs> Which is also okay with me, <laughs> but uh, there'll be that these these uh, occasions, and you and also, although generally we don't encourage reading, you'll be encouraged to read. Mm. So you're encouraged to read these these uh, read them slowly, read them carefully, and uh, you know try to get through the language, which can be a little bit uh, clunky here and there. Bear in mind, bear this in mind, bear in mind that we have this time, rather special occasion, Amrawadi Monastery, uh, hosting, hosting this session, and uh, uh, it's, it's, it's guarded around by uh, ethical um, values, and ethical commitments that we undertake to make it as smoothly flowing and uh, pure, purely intentioned uh, for this period. So it's always good to start the session with determining the eight precepts, which I think we should do uh, this time. And then uh, we'll have the morning and evening chanting. Again, it's a time to recollect the Buddha, the teaching, the sense of something that's been transmitted, the rather miraculous and special transmission that's come down through the ages and been kept going and feel part of that and get the feeling of that um, the chance to lift up the heart with the gestures of respect and you know uplift and times also to to deepen and steady the mind just by sitting and bringing your atten- bringing your mindfulness into your body rhythm of the body but let's first of all take the time to uh, as a group um, take the eight precepts which will be the form for the session so would anyone like to request on behalf of the group? Dante, <laughs> 
namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhassa namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhassa namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhassa Buddhang Saranang Kachami Dhammang Saranang Kachami Sangang Saranang Kachami Dudhyampi Buddhang Saranang Kachami Dutiyam pidamang saranang gachami Dutiyam pidamang saranang gachami Dutiyam pidamang saranang gachami Tatiyam pidamang saranang kachami Tatiyam pidamang saranang kachami Tatiyam pidamang saranang kachami Adinadana where a manesika padang samadhi yami. Abramacharya where a manesika padang samadhi yami. Mutsa wada where a manesika padang samadhyami. Sura miraya majjabamadadana Veramanesikapadang samadhyami Sura 
Vikalabhojana Veramanesikapadang Samadhyami Nachagita Vatita Visukkatasana Malaganda Vilipanadharana Mandana Vibhusanatdana Veramanesika Bhadang Samadhyami Ucha sayana maha sayana veramanesika padang samadhyami Sukhating yanti, silena bogasampada, silena nibbutting yanti, the sama, silang we so die. So we practice in uh, just recognizing that one of the qualities of, of bearing something in mind is we put aside other things, you know, so you particularly. This particular ability to to compose, focus, uh, strengthen, and stabilize attention through uh, deliberately placing one's mindfulness, one's ability to bear something in mind around particular <coughs> themes, particular themes. So we might start just uh, being mindful, being aware, noticing with sampajanya, full awareness is how we are, how we're feeling reflecting on it. It's a quality called wise reflection, Yoni So Manasikara, so that comes in, which is, well, of all this, what's really important here, give it some time, let's look at, into this, this experience sitting here, body feeling this way, thoughts, energies like this, thoughts coming and going, mm, feelings of effective feelings, pleasure, displeasure, <laughs> uncertainty, and all this shifting stuff, what's really important, what's helpful. So this is called Yoniso Manasikara, wise reflection. Means you deliberately check through, select. So your attention isn't just any old thing, but considered what's important, what's going what's useful right now. Yeah, we might in fact spend some time um, bringing up the quality of welcoming ourselves, um, you know, putting aside uh, things we don't need to think about, 
and probably looking for some sense of settling and calming as we come into this situation and so bringing ourselves into the body feeling the stabilizing effect that comes through bearing mindfulness of the body in mind this uh, experience we have of form you close your eyes, that sense of form, pressure, substance, feeling experience we have of warmth, physical warmth, that's a body, pressures, that's a body, movement, that's a body, mm. being a, a cohesive mass of something, that's a body. Yeah. something that sense it sticks together it's, it forms a shape Get a, 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 an ongoing impression that's our body coming to that and then how reflecting again how is it what's the most important thing about this what's useful let's see if we can get to feel stable and balanced because that's what we're looking for stability and balance uh, you know, lengthening stretching the body coming up through the spine take a few out breaths so you can feel the fullness of the body <coughs> fullness of the body experience long out breaths as you breathe out your energy starts to lengthen become less agitated more <coughs> lengthened slowing earthing touching the ground as the Buddha himself did, that feeling of coming into stability, a long out breath, down through the belly, and slowly allowing the in-breath to swell through the body. The first theme in um, breath meditation particularly is how to get the the fullness of it so it's not twisted or distorted or cramped full full complete breath that goes all the way down through through your belly and the slow inflow of breath that moves all the way up through your chest your collarbones so you can feel a kind of a uh, soft flush of energy moving up into your head, your face, your eyes. What's the fullness, the full bit, really knowing, fully knowing a breath, what breathing's about. So this is the quality of Sampajanya, which means uh, full awareness, close friend and associate of mindfulness, bearing the breath in mind and fully aware of all that's in that. And how it affects us. Mindful means that we're uh, bringing that sense of being affected, feeling, perceiving, 
rather than thinking about the breath, though you, you may use a thought to keep reminding yourself about breathing, you want to really look into how that feels, how you know it, how you feel breathing, a physical feeling of it. First of all, sensations, and how to get that what is suitable to find that physical feeling getting to be comfortable. It's not forced. It has a, it's energizing actually by itself. So another important um, theme to or sense to be on the lookout for is how how does it get to feel good? First of all, what's the wholeness, the fullness of the breath, or the fullness of any meditation theme? What's the complete? What's it really there? What's in it? And the second question is: Well, how does it get to feel comfortable, not pressed, but manageable, not struggling with it? How, what, what do I have to notice? What do I have to be with in order to bring around physical? fluency and then gradually an increasing mental or Im- emotional ple- pleasure, agreeable. It's got a nice feeling to it. So these are the wisdom questions. Using the faculty of mindfulness for Restraint, which means that when the attention runs out, stop, pause, bring up. Where's the breath now? Where's the breathing now? And just gently restraining through mindfulness, through bearing that in mind. And when it slips, then full awareness. You're aware, or drifting, daydreaming, whatever. And where's the breathing? Re-establish mindfulness of breathing in, breathing out, or just sitting here, feeling your body, being familiar with it. Associating mindfulness with energy. Times when we need to. Apply. So perhaps the ending of the breath, where the sign of the breathing disappears for a moment, so it's easy to then to lose it. So that's where you you stay with that pause moment, the end of the out breath. Stay there, stay there, stay there. Waiting for the in breath to happen. And if you lengthen the pause, you find this has quite a helpful effect on stabilizing, clarifying the mind in terms of energy. Mm. Breathing all the way out and making a special clarification to sustain attention, sustain attention on the end of the out breath, waiting, feeling what's being felt there, 
lengthening it and letting go gently so the in-breath comes in steadily it's got a quite a um, clarifying effect energy becomes less blurred and diffused becomes more concentrated really just to tune into any chances we have any sense we have of to deepen our well-being composure keep looking for the quality of fluency in your body when the breath feels unconstricted where it feels easy to feel it it's got a warming effect maybe you feel it's calming you or it's it's got an energizing effect just tune into that which is uh, has got a positive effect for you physically and emotionally mm-hmm. just, just, just just hold that carefully you can find that in all of those sensations and feelings which the ones that are most supportive I'm going to pass around these these sheets and uh, um, so the first um, you know if you wanted to spend the night and the early morning just kind of getting your getting yourself together in a hurry and uh, we'll start I'll start talking about these tomorrow morning at um, 8.45. After we leave here, then the practice is, is silence. Be quiet, so I'll give a chance to settle in. And I think lights out at 10. So if you want to read later, you've got to go under the blankets for the other Pratipanoa, 